The Pittsburgh Penguins got a massive win against the Washington Capitals on Friday night, largely due to the power play. And I'm going to discuss that right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Normally, I have my co-host Patrick Damp with me to recap a game, but he had a couple of things come up tonight, so it's just me to give you all a recap for this one. Penguins 4, Capital Zero, and a fun fact for you all, this is the first time the Capitals have ever been shut out in their season opener, and of course, it's the Penguins that do that to them because they've been a thorn in the Penguins' side for a very, and I mean a very, long time. I thought the Penguins really started out this game slowly. They weren't getting to their forecheck. They weren't cycling down low, working it low to high. They really weren't even in the offensive zone that much, I thought, in the first 5 to 10, 12, 13 minutes. And especially defensively, they were a wreck. They could not get the puck out of their own end. I probably counted on just the first 5 to 6 minutes, 10 failed clearing attempts, somewhere around there. They just could not get the puck out. Tristan Jari, I thought, was really saving them in the first period. I'll have more on him a little bit later. But they just really started out uh, that game really slowly. The Capitals were definitely, I think, feeding off that crowd because it was a pretty loud crowd tonight at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. But once the Penguins started to calm down a bit, it was right around that 15-minute mark of this first period. That's when I saw them start getting into their game. And then once the second period happened, that's when they really started to cook. You know, they started a four check down low. They got below the dots. They worked it low to high. And it was all four lines that was doing it. I thought the bottom six, especially too, once that second period started, they were getting things going. And then it led to the Penguins drawing a penalty. They get on the power play. And then... We welcome you to the Eric Carlson show. There are so many people I saw on social media, discords, just other places around the Penguins fandom that were really freaking out about the prior play during the preseason and during the first game of the regular season. And I'll admit, it definitely looked a bit rough, but you got to give this thing a little bit of time. This is the first time in quite a while that Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and even I'll put Jake Ensel in there because he's been on the team for quite a bit too. First time that they have a new power play quarterback. You have to work out the kinks a little bit. But when I saw Eric Carlson gain the zone on that first power play opportunity, the way he took two to three capital players on, goes right around them, gets a shot on net, is able to get the puck behind the net, go back to the point, and then zip it around, and then that really gets things going. It was a thing of beauty. And I mean no disrespect to Chris Letang, but I don't think he can do that at this point. Carlson, that's just who he is as a player. And I think this unit, this top unit, is better when Carlson is running it. 
you saw that tonight. The movement was superb. In fact, it was absolutely disgusting. The way the Penguins zipped it all over the ice was awesome. That first power play goal. You saw Sidney Crosby obviously get it, but you know, the zone entry by Carlson, the way they, they were able to zip the puck around, they get it to the front of the net, boom, it's in the back of the net. The Penguins were more assertive and they were more aggressive on the power play. You weren't seeing that during the preseason and you especially didn't see it during the first game against the Blackhawks. I thought the Penguins were really passive on the power play in that first game. They were really kept to the boards and you know they're not going to really do anything at that area of the ice. You need to be more assertive. And you saw that in this one, they fired quite a few pucks to the net. And when you do that, and when you have someone at the net mouth, good things will happen. And the Penguins had two power play goals in this one. Heck, if they would have had a third and they were really close to doing that a couple of times, that would have been their first game with three power play goals in over a decade. It's crazy that it's been over a decade since they've had three power play goals, considering the amount of talent that the Penguins have been able to put out there over the last 10 years, but they've only really had two power play goal games since then. But hey, maybe they do break that curse this year now that Eric Carlson is running things. But I just can't get over how great the power play was. I, I think that unit won the Penguins this game tonight. And I know Tristan Jari was superb. We'll get to him a little bit later. I also know Evgeny Malkin was vintage Geno tonight. I'll get to him in just a second. But I thought when the when the Penguins needed the power play most, when they needed a spark, after they started to tip the scales a little bit in their favor, that unit gave them that spark, and they ran away with the game. That game was over after that second power play goal. Even though they came into the third period with a three-goal lead, and I know the Penguins have had problems defending leads in the third period, I was thinking in the back of my mind, I don't think they're going to give this one up considering how well they played on the power play and just considering how well they played overall in that second period. And if that power play can continue to cook like this all season long, Penguins are going to win a lot of games this year. And I think at, at least you got to hover around 20, 21%. If you can be in that 22 to 24% range throughout this season, I will consider that a success for the power play. You don't need to be at 28 to 30%. Heck, even higher than that. You don't need, like, for example, you don't need to be at that Edmonton Oilers level percentage that we saw last year. That was a historic power play that they had. It feels like every time the Oilers were on the power play last year, when they had McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and all those other guys out there, they were scoring. I don't need the Penguins power play to be like that. But what I do need it to be scoring in that 22 to 24% range for the season and a top 10 unit. Last year was unacceptable. It was an average, a little bit of a below average unit. That can't be the case this year if this team wants to make the playoffs. And you saw the makings of a really strong unit on Friday night. Hopefully, Todd Reardon has found something. I think at this point, you're going to have to keep Chris Letang on the second unit. Of course, you can experiment throughout the year. I did like how Jake Gensel played in front of the net tonight on the power play. But at this point right now, you got to have Carlson staying at the point. And, you know, whoever you want and the Kessel spot, whether that's Raquel with his one-timer, which I think is super underrated on this team, you know, whether you want to put Gino over there at times, though, I also saw Gino on the other side of the ice, his usual spot on the right half wall while he's doing his Gino bombs. I always love saying that on this show. He had one that rattled right off the pipe a little later on in the game after the Penguins went up 3-0, almost made it 4-0 at that point. And obviously we had Riley Smith score to make it 4-0 in the third period, but 
this one would have made it for nothing at the time. And I still want to see Gino fed a little more at that point, but overall really nice work by that top unit. That top unit is the main reason why the Penguins won this one. But before we head to break, I do have to say this was a great game from Evgeny Malkin. He was hunting for the puck all night long, absolutely hounding the Capitals in the offensive and the defensive zone. And I actually really liked his defensive work tonight. And I know Evgeny Malkin is not known for his defensive capabilities, but I saw him take away the puck from multiple Capitals puck handlers a couple times tonight. And I was like, oh, when Evgeny Malkin's doing that, you know he's on his game. And his goal was vintage Gino, glove side past Charlie Lindgren. And I thought he was absolutely stupendous. This was, I mean, I know it's only been two games, but still. Of the two, by far the better game. If you look at this one compared to the one against Chicago. But that'll do it for this opening segment. Coming up in the second segment, I'm going to dive into Tristan Jari and how he's had quite the start to the 2023-2024 season. Plus, we'll get into Riley Smith and how he finally scored after so many grade A opportunities. But before we get into that, we have to discuss the Jace case. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. It's very simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Do not get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And we're back on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, and you can follow the show's Twitter at Lawrence for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So how about Tristan Jari, my friends? He has been a rock in net during these first two games. You look at his overall save percentage, and I know, very small sample. He's 935, 940 right now. This is how, if you were someone who was maybe doubting him heading into the year, this, at least in two games, should help calm you down a little bit. The way he's playing right now, he looks fully healthy in this net. In these two games, especially the one on Friday night against the Capitals, he was very assertive, very aggressive, came out and challenged shooters numerous times, especially on that breakaway save on Alex Ovechkin. He didn't go deep in his net like he would when he was a bit banged up. He challenged who I think is the greatest goal scorer of all time. And Alex Ovechkin. Ovechkin tried to go five hole on him. Jari's like, nope, I'm going to put my stick right there and swats it aside. Puck goes in the corner. The Penguins are going back the other way. That was a really nice save. He had multiple great saves in the first period, especially when the Penguins were still trying to find their legs in those first five to 10 minutes. He was an absolute rock. His movement right now looks awesome. It doesn't look like he's dealing with anything right now, left to right, right to left, uh, any other movement you want to bring up. He is on his A game, challenging shooters, making the easy saves that you want him to make. Also making the difficult saves that fans would want him to make. He has been awesome to start the year. And I saw some weird takes from people saying like, oh, he's one of the main reasons why they lost to Chicago on Tuesday night. No, go back and watch that game. 
the the third goal that healed out, that was just bad luck. It was a bad bounce that went in the back of the net. The other couple of goals that healed out were just really nice shots. At the end of the day, shooters are allowed to have really nice shots on goalies. Tristan Jari played really well in that game. And then tonight, especially when the team needed him most in the first period, he slammed the door. And then throughout as well, again, the breakaway save on Ovechkin, a big save on Kuznetsov a little later on, a big save also on Oshi. There was another Oshi chance where I swear I thought he was going to score. He was parked in his exact spot that he always scores against the Penguins, 10 to 15 feet out, and kind of like that bumper spot, boom, shoots it wide. 9.9 out of 10 times, that puck is in the back of the net. But another one, though, he had a really nice save on Oshi a bit earlier, but this was a very great game from the Penguins starting netminder. And I know it's only been two games, but if he can also keep this up, the Penguins are going to win quite a few games this year. And one of my bold predictions to start off the season was that he's going to finish in the 925-928 range. I wasn't going to go as far as say he's going to be a Vesna finalist just because there's so many great goalies in the league with Shostorkin and maybe Vasilevsky could be there after he comes back after a couple of months. Months off, excuse me. You got Ilya Sorokin, Connor Hellebuck, UC Soros. Wasn't going to go that far, but he keeps this up. He can definitely finish the year with a 925, 928 save percentage. Six really strong periods of hockey from the Penguins netminder, and he will get a much-deserved night off on Saturday against the Calgary Flames. Another player who I thought really stood out in this one to me, Riley Smith. He's been awesome in these first two games. The poor guy could not buy a goal for the longest time. And I know you may think that's weird that I said that because it's only been two games, but I know everyone that's probably been listening to this show lately has been watching these two games. And if you have, you've seen the chances that Riley Smith has gotten in the game against Chicago on Tuesday night. Two to three grade A opportunities robbed by the glove of Morazic. One of them came on a breakaway. Another one was a one-timer kind of at the side of the net. Mrazic gets over, sprawls out, makes the glove save, Robson. And then tonight a couple of times, Smith cuts to the net. Charlie Lindgren is right there. And it's just like, when is this guy ever going to catch a break? Sure enough, he gets that goal in the third period. Really nice job off the rush there to come down the left side in the offensive zone. Bury that puck past Lingren. And of course, Lingren getting the start because Darcy Kemper and his wife had their first child on Thursday night. Congratulations to them. That's why Charlie Lingren was in net. But overall, really nice couple of games from Riley to start the year. A much-deserved goal. And now that he has this first one, I do think you could start seeing him score in bunches now. Those type of things tend to happen when you're getting some poor shooting luck. Then the puck starts going in quite often. So, Maybe he scores a couple against the Flames on Saturday night. Maybe he scores some next week. But I would not be surprised at all if this really kickstarts a big stretch for him where he scores a lot of goals because he's had plenty of great opportunities so far. I think he's been one of their best players to start the year. A couple other things to get to before we get into the final segment to preview the game against the Calgary Flames. The bottom six still needs some work. I'll say that. They haven't really done that much to start the year. I think Lars Eller... Taking a couple really bad penalties. Hasn't been that good in the offensive zone. I still want to see some more from Drew O'Connor. Hasn't provided that offensive umph yet, but still only two games. I'm not really that worried just yet. Fourth line, though, 
that's going to need a little bit of work. I like Achari. He plays a hard-nosed game, very physical game. He's going to become a fan favorite really soon. He had some really nice hits tonight that I appreciated, some really nice shot blocks as well, especially on the PK, and I thought the penalty kill was much better tonight for the Penguins. I thought they were more aggressive on the PK. They were definitely cheating a little bit to Ovechkin, and you kind of have to considering how many goals he scored from his office on that side of the ice. But I also thought they were really good on John Carlson, who can really boom it from the point. And I thought they also did a really good job on Nicholas Backstrom, who we all know is a great passer in the NHL. But overall, just going back to the fourth line for a second, you know, again, I like Charlie's game. Nieto, it's been okay, but man, Jeff Carter hasn't been good these first two games. Just, you know, he missed a pretty easy tap-in during the third period. He, all he needed to do was put his stick on the ice. And he just, for some reason, he had his stick off the ice. And I'm like, dude, what, what are you doing there, man? He also just kind of looks a step slow to every play. I don't think he's going to get every game this season. He's going to play the majority of them just because Mike Sullivan likes him. But I don't think you can play him every game this year. That's just a little bit of wishful thinking for Mike Sullivan and maybe some of the other uh, members of the coaching staff. I especially didn't like how Sullivan iced the fourth line after the Penguins went up 2-0 on the Capitals. That line was hemmed in their own zone for two straight minutes. I believe it was with the uh, Kuznetsov line on the ice. Once I saw that, I'm like, okay, you can just stable the fourth line to the bench for the rest of the game, play the other three lines. It, it, it was that bad, people. The fourth line, definitely a big work in progress right now. I think at some point they're going to have to call up another forward, send one of these defensemen down to Wilkesbury so that Carver can get a few nights off because he has not been good to start the year. Again, only a couple of games, but just definitely has not been good. Numbers-wise, Again, I mean, the numbers stack up to what we watched. The Penguins were great in the second and third periods. Overall, they had 58% of the shot attempts at five on five tonight. They had, it was dead even in scoring chances at five on five, but high danger, 71.4% for the Penguins tonight. And they also had 63.2% of the expected goals. If you take that to all situations, they had 70% of the high danger chances, 61% of the expected goals. And so 50-50 in scoring chances, but 55% of the shot attempts lines up to what we watch, especially after about the 10, 15 minute mark of the first period. So big win, a big dominant win. I should say the Capitals did not look good at all. Penguins one and one on the season, heading back home to play the Calgary Flames on Saturday night, a game that I believe Alex Nedeljkovic will make his Penguins debut as the backup goaltender. And we're going to preview that game in the final segment. But before we get to that, though, we have to discuss Sleeper, the official daily fantasy hockey app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. And with studs like Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Adam Fox, Igor Shosturkin, all you have to do is pick, basically, stats. Whether it's goals, assists, saves, plus minus, you name it. And you heard me, Penguins fans. You can get 100 times payouts on Sleepers who so start paying attention and get your picks right so you can win big. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleepers terms of use for details. All right, back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes and you can follow these shows Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Penguins Flames coming to you Saturday night at PBJ Paints Arena, less than 24 hours away 
at this point, the Flames come into this game at 1-0-0. They beat the Winnipeg Jets in their first game of the season, 5-3. And even though I'm not that high on the Flames this season, I had them missing the playoffs when I put out my playoff teams earlier this, earlier this week. I actually have the Canucks making it over them just because I think they have more firepower. I think they're better defensively, and I think Thatcher Demko is a better goalie than Jacob Markstrom. The Flames are still pretty potent up front, and you saw that in this game. Elias Lindholm, one goal, three points for the Flames. Manjapani, two goals, three points in this one. Those Both players had three points led the way. Jonathan Huberto, he got back to his playmaking ability, two assists in this one, and then Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Wieger also scored for the Flames. You look up and down this lineup. We already discussed Huberto. He's a great playmaker, but he can also score quite a few goals. I mean, this is a player who had a 115-point season just a couple of seasons ago. The Penguins will have to be on high alert for him in this one. I would have to think he's going to see a heavy dose of Chris Letang. I think Carlson is going to see a heavy dose of the Kadri one. At least that's just what I'm thinking. Lindholm, he's heading into his contract year. He's going to be looking for a big raise, you know, maybe in that 7.875, 8000000 8 million range, maybe even more than that, 8.5, 9000000 million, something like that. He, both players are very, and I mean very good, Huberto and Lindholm. I already discussed Kadri. He's a pain in the butt to play against. Sharon Govich, they acquired him during the offseason. He would kind of be a Penguins killer at times when he was with New Jersey. He has quite a bit of talent. Not surprising to see him in the top six. Michael Backlund has been there for a long time. Blake Coleman's been there for a couple of years now. He came over from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Matt Chipani already discussed. He had a very high shooting percentage last year. And then defensively, Uyghur's great. Anderson's very good. Noah Hannafin's also heading into a contract year. They have some studs on their line, and Zadorov is also no slouch. And I'll put Chris Tanev up there as well. I think Chris Tanev, very good defensive defenseman, and I'm sure Jacob Markstrom will start in this one. He's kind of boomer bust for me. He's either going to play really good or he's kind of going to play really bad. We've seen both from a Penguins perspective over the last couple of years. But to win this one, the Penguins are going to have to keep their shifts a bit shorter just because they're not going to be on fresh legs. The Flames will be the rested team for this one. I really want to see how Alex Nedeljkovic does in this game. It's his first start as a Penguin. Does he have any of those jitters? Do we see an upgrade right away in terms of how Casey DeSmith played for the last several years? I mean, I personally think, based on what we saw during the preseason, that Nedeljkovic is going to be an upgrade over DeSmith, but now we got to see it when it counts. Really excited to see how he plays. Already discussed the matchup for the Kadri line. I think that's going to be Carlson. Huberto line is going to be matched up with Crystal Tang. I want to see Sidney Crosby go out there against Huberto. I think Crosby can really neutralize Huberto in this one. I know Huberto is an electric playmaker with a puck on his stick, but based on what I saw with how Sidney Crosby was great defensively against the Capitals' top line on Friday night, which you know consisted of Ovechkin, Baxter, Minoshi, I definitely think Crosby can do a really solid job on the Huberto line, even though Lindholm is also there too. No, this this should be a fun game. You know, this is also a big test for the Penguins, considering how well the Flames are able to score. These are not your Daryl Sutter Flames anymore, my friends. They are not going to be playing some boring trap style hockey that you saw them play the past few years. They have a new coach. He leans more into offense. You're probably going to see a higher scoring game in this one compared to the last few years. We're seeing a bunch of two one games with the Penguins and the Flames just because Daryl Sutter. I hate watching Daryl Sutter coach teams. It, it is it is a chore to watch that kind of hockey, my friends. But keep shift short. Want to see if the power play can keep cooking 
after how it looked against Washington. If that can happen, the Penguins have a really good shot at winning this game. I also want to see if the bottom six can start contributing. I haven't liked that unit in these first couple of games. I discussed it earlier on in the show. Can the bottom six help out the top six? Because in these first two games so far, it's been all the top six. It's been Brian Rust. It's been Sidney Crosby. It's been Evgeny Malkin. It's been Jake Gensel, Ricard Raquel. Well, that's basically been it at this point. I mean, and some of those players I know haven't scored yet, like Raquel, for example, and, and Jake hasn't scored yet, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. The top six has carried the load so far. In a game like this, when maybe some of your top players may not have it just because they're going to be playing on less than 24 hours rest, this will be a perfect game for someone in the bottom six to get any kind of goal, whether it's an ugly goal, whether it's a really nice goal, just any goal in general to help out the top six. That's what I'm really looking forward to in this one as well. But I think that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one. We'll be back with another episode for you all on Monday, recapping the game against the Flames. And yes, Pat will be with me for that. He'll be with me going forward. Again, just had a couple of things come up tonight, but I'm glad I'm able to get a show out for you all. Recap this one against the Capitals and also do a little preview of what to expect against the Flames. But again, thank you all so much for listening slash watching. Really appreciate it. We'll be back on Monday.